0: Welcome to an HBO podcast, from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill wow.
1: Okay, thank you very much. I, I, I know, it's exciting. I know, you're yeah. all here. And uh, I think I know why you're happy. I say it every week, but this time I really mean it. Why you're happy today. Trump has left the country. Uh, I, <laughs> I feel lighter already. I this must be how parents feel when they send their kids off to summer camp, you know? just <laughs> But uh, it's a 12-day trip to, to Asia, 12 days. And somebody asked Trump before, they said, who's in charge uh, while you're gone? And he said, who's in charge when I'm here? <laughs> so, he... <laughs> <But> he's... <laughs> he's going to uh, China, Japan, uh, the Philippines, Vietnam, uh, South Korea, all the countries with factories that make his Make America Great Again hats... <laughs> Of course, China's the big one. He wants to to study their wall. (laughs) No, he does. Well, he said... He said, when's the last time you saw a Mexican in Beijing? See? (laughs) Uh, But uh, then uh, South Korea, Trump will be in South Korea. That should be fun. TMZ meets DMZ. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Vietnam, where, of course, there was a war that Trump avoided (laughs) with multiple deferments because of his bone spurs. Now he gets to go back as president of the United States. Who says the Dodgers didn't win? (laughs) I know, Angela, you're very upset about that. Sorry about that. But did you at least have a good Halloween? Because, oh, Halloween, what? (laughs) I I don't know what you gave the kids this Halloween, but over at uh, Robert Mueller's house, they were handing out indictments. uh, Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. uh, This is just the beginning, but uh, Paul Manafort, who was Trump's campaign manager, the head guy at the campaign there. 12-count indictment. Money laundering, tax evasion, failing to register as a foreign agent, lying about all of it. And I love this, he had three passports. I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) Three American passports. Trump (laughs) said he was going to drain the swamp, then he hires the creature from the Black Lagoon. (laughs) And (laughs) and there's a a new character. We'll have to build a new evidence wall. Uh, George Papadopoulos, never heard of this guy. He was a go-getter there, meeting with the Russians. We'll talk about it. But he was, he was reporting to a, a big up in the campaign named Sam Clovis. You know, Sam... There's Sam Clovis. <laughs> who this week... Get this. Trump picked to be the Department of Agriculture's chief scientist. Uh, and then uh, Sam withdrew when he remembered he was not a scientist. <laughs> and... <laughs> they... Uh, <laughs> They asked Mr. Clovers, you know, what expertise do you have regarding agric- agriculture? And he said, eating it. <laughs> uh, so... That's... But uh, speaking of eating our seed cord, let me tell you, the <laughs> the Republicans unveiled finally this week their new tax plan, so hang on, Americans billionaires. Help is on the way. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing. I mean, remember the Tea Party? Remember, remember the Tea Party back in... 2009, 2010, the way they took over Congress b- based on their bedrock principles that debt is out of control, our biggest crisis, an existential threat to our way of life. Yeah, forget all that. <laughs> yeah, this new tax plan it blows a $1.5 trillion hole in the, te- in the debt. And, and someone, someone asked Paul Ryan, he s- they said, when-, when did Republicans stop caring about debt? And he explained, after careful consideration, that the current president is white <laughs> and rich. Uh, so, so, and of course, you know, there was another horrible terrorist attack in New York. Trump immediately started tweeting, "Stupid, weak president doesn't keep us safe." And then he was like, "Oh wait, that's me now." <laughs> but. <laughs> But here's the feel good story of the week. (laughs) You heard what happened at Twitter on the last day at work. An employee there, (laughs) an employee there, oh my God, deleted Trump's Twitter account for 11 minutes. I don't know who this person is, but I have one thing to say to them thank you for your service. (laughs) Joe, rob reiner christina bellantoni and jeffrey lord are here and a little later i'll be speaking with author and isis expert graham wood but first up he's a military analyst for msnbc and a medal of honor winner talk about thank you for your service retired u.s army colonel jack jacobs Jack, how are you sir great to see you again all right all right. So uh, I'm guessing, as a military man, you're a student of military history. I would think. Yeah. You, <laughs> uh, and uh, you remember when Caesar crossed the Rubicon? Um, that old, but uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't mean you were there, but oh, that's you know that's when Rome went from a republic, of course. And there were well, as soon as he that's what that phrase means. As soon as he crosses the Rubicon, we're no longer a republic. Then the army's in charge. I wouldn't bring this up in America because we never had these issues before. But the toddler-in-chief seems to be... (laughs) ...constantly being babysat by generals. He's constantly... He said it just today. He was talking about, you know, the FBI should go after this, and I'm very frustrated, the Justice Department. That's not what the president should do. It's like he's aching to be a dictator. How concerned are you about this military thing going on? No,
2: I wouldn't worry too much about it. I, I would be worried about the fact that there seems to be some level of ineptitude at at least one end and probably both ends of Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, I think if uh, we're going to see something different probably in the midterm election, and one of the reasons the Republicans are not doing anything at the moment is because they want to see what the outcome of that's going to be. They don't want to irritate Trump's base. Uh, Things might change at the midterm election. I'm not worried about national defense, uh, in, in terms of the leadership involved, but over the long, long term, we, longer term, we need to... What if he gives ins- a crazy order? Ah. Well, you... Ah. Right, you're... <laughs> that's, a, that's not an ah uh, kind of answer.
1: <laughs> ah. What an interesting notion that...
2: Well, you know, every... He blow up the world. Every, every, every president has had the uh, uh, opportunity to do exactly that. And... I know, but every
1: president wasn't a demented man-child and clown-maker. <laughs> This
2: is, this is what I'm... <laughs> this, yeah. If I wasn't worried
1: about this, these issues at all before.
2: Well, if you're a general in the White House, I guess you keep the football away from the president if you're concerned about that. But, but they have to take orders from him. That's the Well, thing. well, you know, if, no. you're, if you're at the bottom of the food chain like I was... Uh, you mean among generals? I mean, colonels? Even, yes. Any time you, uh, you're required to put your two cents in, the, you get the order and the order... As long as the order is not immoral or illegal, you have to carry it out. But when you get to be the, at the top of the food chain, mm-hmm. you're responsible for making sure also that we don't do anything stupid.
1: Oh. Well, that bus
2: has sailed. <laughs> but if do you I, want you want to know whether or not the president can order the in- destruction of the entire known universe by himself and not be checked by anybody, yes, he could. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, so what about General Kelly? You know, we were only a few weeks ago thinking, this is the guy. Thank God he's around. And you know, he's done some pretty boneheaded things lately, first uh, going after that war widow and uh, or at least the congresswoman who was defending her and and now talking about uh Robert E. Lee civil like war? he's like he's a hero in the civil war could uh, there should have been a compromise, and he looks to me like just another version of trump which is an elderly white male
2: fox news viewer well it's really kind of interesting that's dangerous to me Uh, his responses uh have been something of a shock to a lot of people including those who know him and know him well had a great deal of respect for him marines who've served with him for whom he served and so on um he was viewed to be something of the adult in the room right and then he came out on the podium and started the, this ad hominem argument. Of, well, Ranting like a Fox News viewer. That, really quite disconcerting. Y- yes. Okay. Uh, and, but but the, the most significant bit, of course, was talking about the Civil War. And those of us who went to public school in New York City learned all about the Missouri Compromise and the Kansas-Nebraska mm. Act when we were... In middle school... Now you're
1: testing my history. Uh Aha! Yeah,
2: I'm a little fuzzy on that. And the fact fact of the matter is, Lincoln wrote that very famous letter uh, five years or six years before the Civil War started in which he said, he wrote, uh, uh, a nation can't survive half slave and half free. Right. Five years before the war started. Sure. So anybody who articulates that the war was not about slavery has been yeah. smoking too many left-handed cigarettes. Oh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I,
1: I, I could show you a few of those if you'd like. Uh, currently, but, this is a family show. No, so. I know. But uh, So it seems to me we have never had more really, really disturbing national security issues when I think of... I mean, my top four, let me get your... See if you think these are the four and in what order. North Korea. Uh, ISIS. Islamic terrorism, that kind of stuff. The environment. The Pentagon is totally on the page, ahead of the, ahead of the politicians on the environment being a national security threat. True. Uh, and Russia. The, all those four areas are all really, like, nerve, nerve-wracking.
2: I think we've got, a lot, we've got a lot of threats. The world is quite fragmented, the fre- threats are fragmented. Uh, we're not organized to cope with them all. ISIS is a problem only to the extent uh that ISIS is getting defeated overseas and as a result they're going back to first principles, which is to blow up blow up innocent civilians. Right. Uh, so that's a that is a problem. Well, uh, they North- were
1: doing a lot of harm to innocent civilians in the territory they conquered as well.
2: Quite. Was- but they're they're on the way out there, at least for the time being, they're liable to come back mm. again. But for the moment, they're going back to the kinds of things terrorists always do, and that is to go to places like the United States and Europe and shoot up the the countryside without necessarily taking any territory. So they're off the territory bit now. North Korea is a particular problem, and it seems like it's intractable, but if you consider the fact that North Korea uh, is basically a continuing criminal enterprise, and the only thing they want to do is continue killing their own citizens, taking 40 to 50% of the gross domestic product and putting it in their pockets and all the rest of that stuff, Uh, it comes clear that they do not want to antagonize the United States by setting a nuclear weapon on Guam or any other place because they know they'll get annihilated. So North Korea's view is if they have a nuclear weapon, then nobody's going to bother them and they can continue ripping off their own people. Um... North Korea, I think, is less of a problem than a lot of people think, precisely because it's a continued... I- I'm glad you have climate. such optimism. Uh,
1: w- would you ever consider... If Trump called you tomorrow and said, would you come in here and babysit with me for... <laughs> like, like so many other military men... Have, no, would I- you take I- the
2: call I- just no, to I- serve I've- your country? I've got to restring my tennis racket. I don't have time for that, sort right. of right.
1: Thank you. Colonel Jacobs, thank you again for your service. Both overseas and on this route. All right, thank you. Let's meet our panel. Hey, who's here? I keep, keep running into you, Rob. Okay, here is our panel. She is the Los Angeles Times Assistant Managing Editor for Politics, Christina Bellantoni. How you doing? Great to see you. Uh, He is a contributing editor of the American Spectator, former White House associate political director under President Ronald Reagan. You remember him from CNN, Jeffrey Lord's back with us, and he's the big-time movie director's latest film, LBJ, with Woody Harrelson debuts in theaters today. Rob Reiner's over here. Uh, Okay, so don't don't forget to send us your questions tonight's overtime, so we can answer them after the show on. YouTube, all right, let's start with Russia because, you know, this cloud has been hanging over the White House and and this week it started to rain. (laughs) And I'm just wondering, in light of recent developments, what someone like you, Jeffrey, would think of... Show that uh, we have a little montage of, of Donald Trump denying he knows anything about Russia and anybody who ever worked for him knew anything about Russia...
3: I have nothing to do with Russia. To the best of my t- knowledge, no person that I deal with does. No, no, no nobody that I know of.
1: Now, now
3: maybe one. Now, that, that becomes
1: a, a, a bald-faced lie at this point,
4: right? Well, the, the thing but, is, the, the I can hear the groans. Because he's already spinning himself into the ground. There's
3: going to be a hole. I mean, there's going to be a hole uh, <laughs> <laughs> come on, just say he's, your boyfriend
4: a liar. He, he's, in, he's, in, he's, in, he's indicted for lobbying activities from 2006 to 2014 before Donald Trump ever ran for president, That's not, right? Oh, come on. Well, oh, it, come is. It, well is. Okay. it is. it so is. Again, No, no. First of
1: all,
0: Not the entire group of what we're talking about, right? Like three different distinct things. And by the way, you know that rain cloud. They just announced the trial for Manafort and Gates is going to be May 7th next year. This oh. is going to continue to go on for Seven a long days time. In May.
1: So, okay, but we, we do have information now. I mean, we had it before, but we have even more that shows that he did know. And by the way, that the Manafort thing goes up to February of 2016. So it, it's, not a, it's not quite the way you present it. It doesn't matter. The point is that we have this guy, Papadopoulos, who says he was talking to Trump directly about Russia. And when he said, look, Russia told me they have the the hacked emails from the Democrats, Uh, and I told Trump, and Trump said, well, we should go directly to the FBI. No, he didn't, because he's a traitor. He said,
3: great, set up some meetings, and let's find out more. And and the fact is, Trump doesn't know anything, so he probably wouldn't know that you were supposed to go to the FBI. (laughs) But, but... Paul Manafort, when he was in that meeting right. in June with uh, Jared and with John Jr., he knew that that's what you were supposed to well, do, was go to the FBI. That's, my question
1: didn't... is, was Paul Manafort installed by Russia? I mean, he, that's what Paul Manafort did for a living. He laundered... That's called the swamp. That's called the swamp, yeah. Right.
4: Right. Which is bipartisan, I have to say, which is what the problem is. Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, we got to that quickly. Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, this is what they do. Fox News is already preparing its viewers for the firing of Robert Mueller because, uh, I swear to God, Corey Lewandowski said, what we should be focusing on are the continued lies of the Clinton administration. He's not talking about the Bill Clinton administration. He's talking about the Hillary Clinton administration, you know, because she's president or, now. And... Or uh, Sean Hannity. Well, Sean uh,
4: Hannity called her president. But just because you're not president doesn't mean you get to collude with the Russians and break the
1: law, which
3: is what she seems co- to have done. In apply. order to
1: lose an election.
3: What? But, uh, that's what she
1: did. Right? But my question about Paul Manafort, it looks like maybe, because he kind of walked in off the street and said, hey, I'll work for you for free.
2: It's a little suspicious
1: that a guy who had who (laughs) Who owed seventeen million dollars to the Russians had been working for Russian puppets for years. Would would, uh, it just seems they're always in the same place? Which precinct was turned by this precinct? Yeah. Oh, so you're going to the? We don't know if it affected the
3: election. It didn't.
0: But that's not what. Well, no, no, the no, no,
3: no, no. That's not true. Of course, you could yes. never. There's no intelligence community that has ruled out that it didn't affect the election. We don't know if it made the election go one First, way or the other. But it definitely affected the election. Otherwise, you wouldn't take out ads on Facebook. There's, that's you know, right. if you're saying that there's no effect to putting out yes. lies, then 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 don't take out ads.
4: That's well, right. The- Yes. Well, the Clinton campaign. Look, this is politics, folks. The Clinton p- campaign puts out stuff all the time, right? I mean, how do we know? How do we know that wasn't from Russia? They were busy colluding with Russia, right? They were getting the Russians to. You, you know what I love? You know what I love? With a
1: straight face, he says this. <laughs>
3: A strange face. He, he looks, and he's a nice guy. He's such a it's nice called, guy. He just he, he, keeps he, and, saying, and he looks so called much, dissent. <laughs> he he looks so much more relaxed after after yeah. being on Rob CNN. has that effect no, no, on me. No. no but he but but you know about that, Bill, because he spoke. I mean I don't think what, what but that, 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 that Jeff was wrong. I mean, no, no, I seriously, agree. to throw him off that because yes. he made a joke, I mean, it was clearly oh. a joke. Oh, clearly. You know. no. huh? and, but look, well, he, yeah, he, he's clearly he, a joke. He's... <laughs> I, listen, I'm not on his looked, side in the right. terms of the policies, but I mean, that was a bad deal. I think it, lo- it looks like he's more relaxed. He is, because... We're, we're talking oh, about him he- like
1: he's not here, but
3: right, I a, right. <laughs> he
1: looks like, he, he looks like he's, right. he's a lounge singer. Don't he can spending,
4: come to our side? <laughs>
3: we can lure him in. After spending
4: two years of eight to one,
1: okay. this is a breeze. Okay. So, w- we got off on nothing.
3: Um, <laughs> but we got to couple Let's
1: talk about this, what you're bringing about Facebook, because the... Yeah, The guys from... Not the, not the CEOs, they didn't show up, but uh, somebody, I guess the lawyers from... Mr. Google, Stretch. From, 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 yeah. who? Mr. Stretch was one of
0: them. Mr. Right.
1: Stretch, right, <laughs> yeah. from uh, Google and Facebook and Twitter testified before Congress, and they said... Uh, Facebook said 140 million of their users may have seen this propaganda from Russia. So to tell me it, that you know that it didn't affect the election... Uh, and, of course... They will never admit that, because that would be like saying the advertising that you buy here on Facebook doesn't work. Exactly. One of the and, of course, it works. That's yes. why propaganda exists, because it works. One
4: of the things... I mean, I think we have to be careful about getting government into media, period. But one of the things that I do think we need to think of is when you go to advertise on Facebook, should you not identify where you're getting your money from?
1: Well, that's what they're we, trying...
4: We, yes, right.
0: there are,
1: there's a bill now for... It.
0: We have those laws... We have those laws when it comes to political advertising. And you can't tell me that a really spooky ad on television that slings a bunch of lies, because both sides do it, that has the little fine print at the bottom, someone's going to go look that up and maybe issue a really irritated press release about it. There's not any teeth in that, right? You might know where the money's coming from, but it's not like there's going to be people digging into that new, you know, Federal Election Commission record on Facebook and Twitter ads, right? There's a limited subtext of people that that study that and try to make the American people care about it. It. Campaign finance as a whole bores people, usually. This is pretty sexy. You're
1: absolutely right. But Hillary it's carpet bombed like they used to do in every election and it didn't work because people see, people see those ads over and over. Right. They hate the person who put the ad out. Right. And, of course, they know it's coming from that person. The most effective advertising is word of mouth. Right. That's why Facebook is so dangerous, because people don't know right. that they're repeating propaganda. Yeah. Uh,
3: uh, yeah because, uh, and the the really scary part about this is the Russians came in, used Facebook, used Twitter, and invaded and infected us in a way that propaganda, like you say, works. And now they're here. Now they're here, and That's we right. cannot determine who, what's real and what's not. And, and they're going to do it again. They're and, doing it and now. And the, the commander-in-chief is AWOL
1: on this issue. Let's even forget the past. We know they're going to try to do it again. And we have a president who denies that they did it before, right. doesn't seem to be concerned about at all. Remember Bush sat there for seven minutes on 9-11? My pet goat. Right. Well, he's sitting there. Trump is, like, sitting there for, like, years. Yeah. It's, like, seven minutes times his whole term. Right. But But he's just sitting there while we're under attack. Well, because he doesn't want to be...
4: Chinese, and nobody ever wants to say anything about it. Because what? The Chinese, the Chinese have hacked. The chi- well, the Chinese, <laughs> yeah. the Chinese have hacked into the White House. They hacked into the Defense but, but, Department, but, but the, the State Department.
3: Of- but they haven't but weaponized this- it the way the Russians were able to weaponize uh, these, these hacks all, during the election. None of these security agencies.
1: You're a good American, right? You believe in our security. All 17 said it was the Russians. So why are you bringing up China?
0: Well,
4: because I
1: think they're probably the greater threat.
0: But in the long term. But, but the issue here, I think, really also has to be yeah. an element of personal responsibility, right? If you get a crazy email from your crazy uncle that says, you know, Barack Obama's a Muslim or whatever, it's your obligation, if you don't believe that and you would like to prove that person wrong, to go on Snopes and to send them the factual information right. or, here's the copy of the version <laughs> yeah. It's but, not that different on Facebook. You have a responsibility if you're going to share something. Maybe Google it first. Maybe decide that you're going to be a wait a, minute. Wait a minute. Good luck. By the time... <laughs> By the, time yes. Snopes, yes.
3: by the time Snopes picks up the fact that it is illegitimate, that thing could have gone viral and, it, yes. and, 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 and before... And what we saw
0: in D.C. goes to that, right? With Comet Pizza, like, there was actual potential <clears throat> violence there based on some of these erroneous the, problems. The main thing
4: sure. is she lost the election. <laughs> and it wasn't because of the Russians. Well, it's you don't a, know. It, it was because of her. It was a
1: combination of reasons as every yeah. complicated thing yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to make it through the whole show here. i you
3: oh, You're, right. you're going to do it. I, okay. Well, help Let me
1: you. ask about another issue. <laughs> <laughs> the tax plan that came out today, I was mentioning it in the monologue, and especially about the Tea Party part. Am I misremembering that, that the Tea Party is there solely because of this issue? That debt was going to be our downfall, and now they have a tax and plan? And cutting
3: taxes. That, I know, but... But, you, <laughs> but first it was debt you know it was you can't cut taxes and not increase the debt unless you cut revenue there's not no revenue cutting it's, in it's, there. But this it, happens every time... And that's going to hurt all those people Every time a Trump.
1: Republican gets into office, they do this. Right. They, th- when the Democrat is in office, they <laughs> run on the idea that they're running up the debt because we're not allowed to spend it. And, and
0: if Mitt Romney were president, this is a very similar tax plan that you would have seen, right? You know, this is the sure. tax plan that oh, yeah. Paul Ryan has wanted for a decade and longer. And, but I have to do a reality check because it's not law. Right? We are a long way from that. They presented a plan. You immediately see Republicans who are worried about an election that, by the way, is one year from Monday. They're concerned about the fact that it blows a hole in the deficit. They're concerned about the fact right here in California it could disproportionately hurt California Where is it written that the government
4: has to be huge... And we have have to be paying for this enormous government. Where is that? No,
1: no, I know what you're saying. You're saying, take, yeah, this is the star of the beast theory, except they never get around to doing that. Well, we've
3: done this over and over again. The swamp. Yeah, but it has to be part of the (laughs) The big overall deal, which is the major chunk of money goes to the military and to Medicare and to Social Security. And that big deal that they always talk about, unless you're going to look at those big pots of of money, then you can't make a a, a tax cut like this unless you explode everything.
0: And no one has the political courage to tackle all those things in either party.
1: And also to Amazon. You know, Chris Christie in New Jersey is offering them, like, $5 billion in tax breaks because there's this competition for them to put up their giant warehouse somewhere. Really? They'll go broke without those tax breaks? (laughs) All right, so uh, one of our favorite refillable bits, as we call them here, is uh, I don't know it for a fact, I just know it's true. And, and this is, you know, this, this... It's so funny, because this started before Donald Trump. This idea, I was just like, you know, there are things that I, I can't prove, I just know they're true, and now that's, of course, how we actually operated the government. <laughs> yeah. But I like to make a list every six months or so. For example, I don't know it for a fact, I just know... I don't know for a fact that Paul Manafort will be played by Joe Pesci in the movie. (laughs) I just know it's true. I don't know for a fact that if you tried to pull out one of Donald Trump's hairs, the whole thing would unravel like a Christmas sweater. I just... Not true. (laughs) Not true? Not true. I don't know for a fact that all of Sarah Huckabee Sanders' sweaters are covered in cat hair. I just know (laughs) it's true. I don't know for a fact that Johnny Depp calls friends in the middle of the night and says, am I turning into Nicolas Cage? (laughs) I don't know for a fact that even if I didn't know Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross's name, I would guess it was Wilbur Ross.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it almost has to be.
1: Uh... I don't know for a fact that when people talk about seeing other people, they're already banging someone else. I... <laughs> that, that, that one hurt. That one yeah. hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know for a fact that vibrators think dildos are lazy. I. <laughs> I don't know for a fact that Colin Kaepermick sometimes takes a knee just so the people behind him can see. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know for a fact that your therapist is infinitely more disturbed than you'll ever be. (laughs) All right, he is the national (laughs) correspondent for The Atlantic, whose latest book is The Way of the Strangers, Encounters with the Islamic State, Graham Wood. Hey, Graham, how you doing? How are you, sir? Great to see you. Okay, so you wrote the book on ISIS. That can't be easy. And uh, I remember when you wrote in The Atlantic about it, and we had an attack this week from somebody who was making no bones
5: about the fact that he was in with ISIS, right? Yeah, singing the fight song from his hospital bed.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> okay. And you wrote back in, in The Atlantic in 2015, the reality is that the Islamic State is Islamic, very Islamic. The, the religion preached by most of its ardent followers derives from coherent and even learned interpretations of Islam. What do you mean by that?
5: Well, uh, you know, people say ISIS has nothing to do with Islam. and What I'm suggesting is that it's part of the Islamic tradition. You know, the Islamic tradition is 1,400 years long, and it is diverse, and ISIS has a piece of that. It is a phenomenon that comes from that tradition. It's not the only thing that you, could, you could say was Islamic, but it's looking at things like the idea of a caliphate, like the idea that there are particular laws that were handed down from the beginning, and it is implementing them in a way that would be recognizable to Muslims from many, many centuries before.
1: When people say a religion is, it's almost a silly thing to say, right? Because it's practiced by different people in different ways. So yeah, and to understand. some people it is ISIS, and to, of course, many more people it is not. But to just say it is a religion of peace, hopefully to all. Unfortunately, not to all.
5: Yeah, most Muslims do not consider ISIS the best representation no. of the religion, but we could say that about various Christian sects, too. And we're totally but, used to talking about Christianity as having a crazy fringe, a, uh, a kind of mainstream center peaceful Christians, warlike Christians, and ISIS happens to be one part of that spectrum within but Islam. But the
1: difference with the Islamic world is that the, there are many more fundamentalists. Mainstream people yeah. are what we would call fundamentalists.
5: I think the best analog within Christianity might be the Westboro Baptist Church, which is th- this group that used to picket the funerals of servicemen. Yeah. And, they picket you know, me. They're like 50 they people. They it's, it's a small yeah. group. With, with ISIS, unfortunately, there were about 40,000 people who traveled to Syria to yes. fight on their side. So that's, yes. a, that's a much larger uh, proportion.
1: So when people say uh, that it's a, a double standard, uh, how Trump... Re- now, I think we all agree Trump's solutions are horrible, right? Okay, I would agree with that. Uh, <laughs> and his reactions, yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they said there's a double standard in the reaction to the Vegas violence that we saw, the Las Vegas shooter about a month ago, and this. Uh, Or you mentioned the Westboro Baptist Church. People mentioned Tim McVeigh. They mentioned Anders Breivik. They mentioned the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, Is there a difference? Uh, Do you see... I mean, there is, I think you started to say, just in numbers.
5: Yeah. We don't even know what happened with Vegas yet. But um, the difference, I think, is that ISIS is claiming part of this tradition. So... It, it does have a certain way of, of kind of justifying itself that's different from other types of violence. Now, it doesn't mean that those other types of violence aren't concerning. In fact, they, in, in many cases, claim much larger numbers, you know, 59 people in Las Vegas. But what ISIS is able to do... It, well, that, is, during, that's this year. Yeah, that's in obviously. one event. And ISIS all, killed and also, many more than that.
1: I, that guy was not trying to
5: acquire nuclear weapons. He was, very, That's a big he was very effective at killing people from, uh, from one hotel room, of course. But with, with, with right, ISIS, but, uh... what we get is, is the, the sense that um, any individual Muslim can be kind of activated in an ISIS mold because of the belief that, that they can speak to this kind of understanding that ISIS is reviving a tradition that they have some, some part of. Now, right. that's, that's something that I, I think certain other ideologies don't quite have the ability to do, is to, to try to awaken the sense that we've got the right version of something that you're already part of. OK. Um,
1: wh- what do you think is the effect when people... I imagine this has happened to you because you've written realistically about this. Say you're, you're Islamophobic.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have to look at some of these issues with kind of, you know, Trumpian orange-tinted lenses. And I I understand that (laughs) this is not a great time to be a Muslim in the United States. Muslims are targets of bigotry. They're targets of actual Islamophobia. But at the same time, at some point, you have to engage the bullshit detector. And if someone says ISIS has nothing to do with Islam, then I think they're really going to misunderstand what's motivating people to kill in its name.
1: And it cuts off debate, does it not? It I mean,
5: absolutely does,
1: yeah. I, I, my belief has always been that you, you're never going to solve the terrorism problem uh, unless you modernize the religion. That Until the religion itself has a reformation, an enlightenment like Christianity did, um, this problem is going to persist. Would you agree with that?
5: I think it, it might even be a more dispiriting um, situation than that. ISIS, in some ways, is the reformation within Islam. They're doing what, you know, 500 years ago in Christianity, we had Martin Luther saying, we don't have to listen to the established church, we don't have to listen to the Pope. ISIS is saying, your neighborhood imam, forget him, he doesn't know what he's talking about. We're the ones, we can just read the Quran, and we're going to have an interpretation that that is extremely violent, but it's the right one, even though we're the minority. So this modernization of Islam can go both ways. It can go in an enlightened way or it can go toward one that's, that's unfortunately very violent.
1: And again, one of the differences, I think, is that there is more support in a general population. When we get this polling back, it seems to show like 20% uh, of worldwide Muslims are what they would call Islamist. They're not terrorists. They're not taking it violently. But most of the things
5: terrorists believe, they believe. Yeah, they would say are... that they want Sharia to be represented in, in right. the government, but they might mean something so different from ISIS right. that they would hate ISIS. I mean, they might, they might just believe that in some way the constitution sh- in their countries should should reflect Islam. But death for leaving the religion. There is disconcertingly high levels of support for that.
1: That's true. Right, things like that, which are not liberal principles.
5: No, they're not compatible with what I would say are, uh, you know, ideas of human rights that I would recognize.
1: Okay. Um, Let me ask the panel about the politics of this. Because, of course, Trump immediately flew into action and tweeted that it wasn't his fault. (laughs) And at at moments like that, I just hate him so much. And, and, you know, his his Muslim ban is a terrible way to handle this, right? I mean, it's not effective, it's un-American, it is bigoted. But I also don't know what the Democratic position is. I mean, I saw their responses... Uh, it was all about how Trump handled it badly, which is true. But it didn't address the issue itself. And I've said this many times. I just think the Democrats are blowing it on this issue. Terrorism is a real concern to people.
3: I I really don't... I don't think it's a Democrat or a Republican issue. This is a very complicated issue, as as you point out. And, you know, one of the things you talked about is, you know, reforming the religion... And you're saying it's already been reformed, but the fact of the matter is until people are of, uh, you know, uh, uh, willing to accept peace as part of their religious uh, tenets, this is not going to be solved. And I don't think there's a public policy that's going to cure what this is. This is something that has to be uh, uh, worked at from the ground up in some kind of organic way. And I don't but what do democratic that- in terms, of, in terms of the politics, though, <clears throat> when you look at the Democratic
4: Party historically, it, it split. You had tough Democrats like Franklin Roosevelt and Harry Truman, Lyndon Johnson, John F. Kennedy, and then you had sort of a softer version, the McGovern, Carter, et cetera. And I, I think as long as the public perceives that a party, Republican or Democrat, is not addressing a threat... That they what they see as a threat, then they're going to turn on them. But the question is, how do you address that?
0: What are the policies to address that? Well, there's a big issue here. It's important to think about that. The sort of fight against ISIS that the government is embarking on is based on a 2001 war. Authorization after the September 11th terrorist attacks, right. right? This is 16 years in the making that if Congress, there are members in the Republican Party and the Democratic Party that would like to actually debate going to war with ISIS to be able to actually say, this is what we're attempting to do, this is what we're attempting to fight, rather than a war... That was fought for very different reasons. That could go on in perpetuity. Without See,
3: th- uh, we we don't know exactly what to do. I can tell you what not to do. What you don't do is send a uh, uh, an armed force into Iraq and remove Saddam Hussein and yeah, well, unleash a 1,400-year-old right. sectarian war. That I know you don't do. Right. But know, again, that's... You
1: with Donald with, Trump? But that's the past. That's <laughs> the past. That's not going to win anybody any no, election. Even <laughs> Trump believes that. Right? He does now. But, but how, about, how about a Democratic politician standing up and saying, we find not only the, the terrorist act intolerable, but the beliefs behind it. Yeah. This idea that we're infidels... We're not infidels. And, of course, I'm not saying all Muslims right, everybody right. else is infidels. It's the political correctness problem. It's, it is partly that. Uh, that some of these beliefs are not liberal. Right. That's the irony, exactly. is that liberals are defending
5: illiberal yes. tactics. But uh, the problem I find with that is, what do we do about it once we find out what their beliefs are? We, we can't police beliefs. We, what we have no, to but, do is find out what people are doing. Well, what, what, what is most important to me and most worrying is the 40,000 people who went over there. These people, if they come back, they won't be just ramming a Home Depot a truck into a bike path. They'll know how to kill people but, in an industrial scale. So I, I think what we can do is actually look at the military side and probably have more more productivity, more efficiency than if we looked at what, what why
1: don't we, thinking. Why don't we treat, for example, the gender apartheid in Saudi Arabia the way we treated race apartheid in South Africa in the 80s? Yeah. People were... I agree. Every yeah. liberal had that as a cause. And yeah. you, you see, or the way gay
3: people are treated. I, 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 mean, right. a, a I don't understand. It's the death penalty in 10 countries. Well, we don't have a president that believes in, in those kind of human rights. We don't have that. I mean, he's well, going uh, go well, to he's gonna well, go to the Philippines not, and say, Good job, Duterte. You know, I don't understand a good job. For the life of me why so
4: many liberals are hesitant to say these people will push gays off roofs. I mean, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and we cannot,
1: well, we cannot. Be again, not, with this not, not most of them push gays off roofs, but yes, a certain do, certain percentage, a small percentage. Right, and then not there's all. That, of them. Then no, you're right. I'm not saying. And then there's that Islamist right. group that right. is hundreds of millions of people right. who wouldn't do it, but think, yeah, gay people really right. don't have a right to live. I mean, it's. it's
3: and this is a this is a, a, a an effort that started in the 50s. I think Kutba was the first guy to come to America and take a look at. Men and women are dancing together and went back and started, I think, the beginnings of what we see is this radical uh, Islamic terrorism. So it, it goes well, way back, that's... and we have to understand where it's coming from. I and, that, think. and that's another reason why
1: Trump's plan is so stupid, is because there's no sense keeping people out. This guy was yeah, here. Yeah, that's... The of brothers were here. The guy who shot up the Pulse nightclub in Orlando was here. We should just be more
4: careful. Though, but, about ha- having people come into the country
5: without yeah. examining, for instance, social media. But how do you know? I mean, well, you but, know. but the, the people, the the people guy who come into... In, in Manhattan, he came here in here. 2010. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way you're going to be able to know seven years in advance that he's right. going to it's swear to a terrorist group that at that point didn't even exist. Well, I mean, you examine but, where he's from,
4: at least as I understand but, it from listening to some of these experts that use Uzbekistan as a particularly hotbed of this kind of thing. Well, a That's lot. not on the yes. travel ban.
1: That's a lot of Right. And saying, so maybe it that's
4: should be. And so so maybe it should be.
1: Well, again, th- there was this diversity immigrant visa program. That's how we got in here, uh, also known as the green card lottery, and I didn't know about it. And apparently it's it's for people who uh, are from geographic reg- regions that are underrepresented. Like
0: Australia being one of them, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: I'm talking about Australians, there's too many of them.
0: taking our jobs. Oh,
1: are you kidding? <laughs>
3: our,
0: our Every actor, actor, acting jo- I did a whole Iranian. thing about that
1: one
3: night.
0: I was
1: <laughs> obsessed about it. brought up that. a
0: sense of subject, But it's...
1: Just the Hemsworths.
0: <laughs> but, it's an example of, of trying to set a policy based on an event that's politically convenient for one party or another where you didn't hear a lot of discussion about shifting the policy after the Vegas shooting, for example. We didn't have a big conversation about gun control because the party that cares the most about gun control is not the party that's in control of the government right now. And that's what this is about more than exactly precisely where they're from or being able to filter through old social... The
4: lottery issues. aspect okay. drives me crazy. I mean, would would Harvard say we're going to have a lottery in the first five yeah, people? I, I, get, I
1: mean, what, what is that? I understand being a welcoming nation that appreciates immigration. That's who we are. That's right. how we were built. But I don't, we don't have exactly. to, like, beg them to come here when they weren't even thinking about it. <laughs> it's like, we don't have enough Uzbeks in this salad. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we run out of time, you mentioned what got you fired. So let's, yeah. people are probably wondering if they don't remember it. You tweeted Zig Heil, right? I wrote a column. You wrote a column. Called uh, about 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 I Love Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it was
4: uh, about a group called Media Matters, which makes it a business to run around and pressure advertisers to take people off the air television, radio. Oh, I, I,
1: I'm sure they're familiar with me.
4: I, I bet. I bet they <laughs> yes, are. Absolutely. And, yeah. and yeah. I had noticed over time, Alan Dershowitz had, had said that they had an uh, anti-Semitism problem. Uh, I had noticed this in other places. So I mentioned this in the column and speculated how they would rewrite the First Amendment. And I put in there, borrowed something from Mussolini and did it that way. And then I said at the end, the American spectator was unable to confirm that the last two words in the draft were Sig Heil. So, so
1: then, this was tweeted out a couple days later. This insane purity police nonsense that you have to go away because you made a little joke.
4: I I mean, and and the thing that got me was, I knew that when they set up these pressure tactics, I talked to one of the advertisers on on a Rush Limbaugh show. He's not political. He's Jewish. And they went after his business, threatened him, threatened him with his physical safety
1: you know, attacked his business. I mean, this is nuts. Could I bring up this other political correct thing that happened last week? Because uh, the, the pitcher for the Dodgers, you Darvish, yeah. who has no yeah. future as a pitcher... <laughs> uh <laughs> oh, okay. He's... He did not do well in the, in the yeah. series. But, you know, we, you we all... You Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, uh, <laughs> we all... But he was... Uh, there was a little controversy, and, and he's a little bit my hero this week because the guy on the other team, Uri- what's his name, Uriel... Okay. Yeah. He hit a home run. He was excited. He gets in the dugout. Hugh Darvish is from Japan. He did the thing where he held his eyes to look Asian, which is not cool. No one is condoning it. But I saw... I turned on the TV. I mean, no one died. You would have That's think... Right. I mean, the world had... cut. Co- He's suspended for five games next year. And here's Yu Darvish's statement. He said, uh, it's not like I was irritated by it. He did something he shouldn't have done, but I wasn't angry at all. I was told the next day he wanted to speak to me, and I communicated to him that it was completely unnecessary. Yes. How about that new rule, Snowflakes? You can't be madder than the victim. Than the victim.
4: That's right. That's right. You
1: know,
0: not everything has
1: to be a federal case,
0: right? I mean, there have been people that have been reprimanded for doing a lot less than what you said or what he said. And then there's also people that have faced zero consequence for saying a whole lot worse. And, you know, I will point to at real Donald Trump, which has said a lot of things that violate Twitter's policies and are... So there's kind of that, that umbrage meter that gets cranked up, and it's very partisan, and it's something that. But
1: let's go after Trump, not this guy. Well, or, or you know, I mean, he's got to go to sensitivity and training. That... I think he got the message. I don't think he was about to march in Charlottesville with the Nazis next year. I, no, I just think he's a baseball player. He got excited. He did something stupid. Tell him, bad. Let <laughs> it go. Let it go. Okay. Let
4: it go. All they right. don't want to do that though, and
1: that's the problem. Thank you, panel. Time for new rules, everybody. New rules. Okay. New rule: Now that survivors have come forward to say they were inappropriately touched by people named Weinstein, Spacey, Toback, Ratner, Piven, Dick, Halperin, Hoffman, and George H. W. Bush, I want someone to interview this turkey. I know it was years ago, but you shouldn't have to do that to get a pardon.
3: <laughs>
1: new Rule, if you stood in line all day to get the new iPhone X And you're setting up the facial recognition Make sure one of the faces you make is this one <laughs> That way when you drop it into the toilet It'll know it's you <laughs> New Rule, someone has to tell these young women That's not Lester Holt <laughs> New now that the two women who were lost at sea for five months have admitted that they never turned on their emergency beacon, I don't want to hear any more jokes about how men won't ask for directions. <laughs> Nurul Melania must be in charge of setting the White House clocks during this weekend's time change. It simply requires taking the small hand and pushing it back, and she has experience with that. New Rule, stop acting so shocked that Selena Gomez is back together with Justin Bieber. If her body didn't reject a kidney, why would it reject an asshole? (laughs) 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 And finally, New Rule, stop making movies where the hero is a guy who can drive a car something we let 16-year-olds do. What does it say about our psyche that Hollywood could always count on men to plunk down 10 bucks to watch another man make a motor go vroom, vroom? (laughs) You know, I recently caught up with Baby Driver because the critics loved it and I had forgotten that critics are stupid. (laughs) And it turns out it's just one more in a long line of movies like the Transporter series and Fast and Furious, Parts 1 to Infinity and (laughs) The New Wheelman and Gone in 60 Seconds and Driven and Drive and The Driver and Drive Angry and ten others all with the exact same plot when there is a tough job or even an impossible mission, the key to it is a guy who possesses the elite, mind-blowing skill of driving. (laughs) (laughs) Only Baby Driver can get us out of this with his great driving. (laughs) In traffic. <laughs> baby Driver... Listen to this. Baby Driver is so ins- indispensable to the heist that the rest of the gang actually hates him because they think he's too young to be that great a driver. Well, everybody but Kevin Spacey thinks he's too young.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course, the real world is not so glamorous. Baby Driver is really Uber Driver. Because driving is not that hard. If baby driver is unavailable, you know who else can pick you up after you pull a job? Your mom. (laughs) Driving is so easy that cars can now drive themselves in the same way that vacuum cleaners now vacuum by themselves. But there's never been a movie about vacuuming. There was a movie called Eat My Dust, but it was about driving. (laughs) Now, if baby driver was about an actual baby who could drive, that, <laughs> that would be impressive, but it's not. It's about a man driving a car, which isn't impressive, because I'm a man who drives a car practically every day, and rarely, as I'm turning left onto La Sienica do I think, this would make a terrific movie. LAUGHTER <laughs> so, I know what you're thinking. Bill, you're kind of making a big deal about Baby Driver. (laughs) True, but it gets me to the larger point. Hear me out. What bothers me so much about these driving movies is that it's such a lazy way to be a badass. Jeez, you get more of a workout doing this. (laughs) Or or even fake doing that when someone says, hey, how was that movie about the really great driver? (laughs) And yet, every day on the street, I see some guy in a muscle car waiting at the light for the chance to peel out and burn rubber and tear ass down the street like we should all be so impressed that he can do this with his foot.
3: (laughs) Ooh, I did that with my foot.
1: (laughs) But you know who you never see doing that? A woman. You... You probably have noticed in America lately that there's something wrong with dudes. The recent stories of sexual harassment are about many things, like misogyny and white privilege and old-fashioned being a pig, but I'm telling you, there is something toxic about this male laziness. If Harvey Weinstein had made even a minimal effort, join Jenny Craig. (laughs) Shaved, listened, generally tried to not look like a Russian cab driver. (laughs) He could have attracted women the old-fashioned way, by being rich and not entirely repulsive. (laughs) You know, with all these creeps, there's, there's no whining, no dining, no game. No effort to be charming or witty. Just open the bathrobe and say hello to my little friend. (laughs) (laughs) And and when they get turned down, what is with this epidemic of uh, I give up, you win, I'll just masturbate in front of you. (laughs) Cosby didn't even want his women conscious. Apparently, (laughs) apparently Mark Halperin's M.O. was just to rub his erection against a woman in the office. Like he's some kind of Horny spider monkey who dabbles in political analysis. <laughs> Someone needs to write a book called How to Behave with a Woman Like You're Not an Asshole. <laughs> with... <laughs> with chapters like No One Carrying a Resume Wants to See Your Dick. <laughs> And no one wants to do it in a room where there's a coffee machine. <laughs> all right, I'll be at Madison Square Garden November 11th at the Performing Arts Center in Buffalo on the 12th. I want to thank Christina Bellantoni, Jeffrey Lord, Rob Reiner, Graham Wood, and Colonel Jack Jacobs. All right, join us now for overtime on YouTube. Thank you, folks.
0: Watch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10. Or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand.